Welcome back to Becoming Next on Scene, everybody. It is your host, Jackie Zuck. It is another awesome day for another awesome episode of how to become next on scene in your passion and or in your field of business. I am so excited to share a marketing tip and self-care tip with you today. Personally, that has worked for me and I love to share all things from personal experience because that is how I built my business from the ground up. So um, first is I get asked all the time, like, how do you get paid for podcasting? This is very relevant um, to today's overall podcast in general, because podcasting is supposedly going to meet 1 billion listeners by 2021. 1 billion. So there's a lot of money to be made on podcasting. Now, the thing is, when I first started my own show, um, as you know, I was in my guest room closet, and I used it as like a little marketing package that was live between... I don't know, 24 to 48 hours. And people loved it. It was a fast return. It was so much more than an interview. They'd get social media promotion. They would get a blog. So the more value and exposure you can give people, the better. Um, That is my biggest takeaway. So always offer more than just an interview and always include your social media reach and numbers. People pay for audience. So as long as you can guarantee that they are going to be seen and heard by an audience that they're not exposed to already, people will pay for it. Um, So just remember that that's my marketing tip of the day. Um, So if anybody ever has questions about podcasting, consulting, building your podcast from scratch, getting the right equipment, I have all these little fun kits I've created as I do a ton of podcasting consulting. Um, So feel free to reach out at any point at JackieZook.com. Um, Outside of that, uh, let's totally talk about self-care tip of the week. So I'm officially a new year of life since my last podcast, which is really exciting. I celebrated my birthday um, last week, which was really beautiful. And I went on vacation. And even though I worked through a little bit throughout the weekend, that's part of entrepreneurship. It's all about finding balance of putting the phone away and being present. And I really try to do that when I go away, when I'm, we'll call it vacation, (laughs) Um, because what is real vacation in entrepreneurship world? I'm not really sure. I think we're all trying to figure that out. But I think there's something really important to at certain points in the day or certain points during the weekend that you fully put your phone away. Um, Nobody needs you in that moment. And it's really important for you to fuel yourself because then you can be fully available to the people that you help. So... That is my self-care tip of the day. Now I am so excited to share my amazing guest with you today. I have the fabulous Darshan Gress, who is a bi-coastal fashion stylist and costume designer for TV shows and advertising. She's also a personal stylist and style expert. And I actually worked with the amazing Darshan on Top Chef when I first moved to Boston six years ago now. So crazy. Um, And I met her and she'd become like a mentor to me. She was so nice to me on set. And when I didn't know anybody, you know, it's you really appreciate the people that go above and beyond for you. And Darshan was totally one of those people. And she is so talented at what she does. She's so amazing. I'm so excited for her to inspire you all today. So stay tuned for the amazing Darshan Gress. The ups, the downs, and all the in-between. What it takes to become next on scene. Are you next? Follow us at Next On Scene. (laughs) 
All right, everybody, I officially have the amazing Darshan Gress on the line. Hi, Darshan. How are you today? I'm great. How are you? Good. I am so excited to have you on. I, you know, as you know, before you even come on, I do a little fun introduction. And I was saying how we used to work together on Top Chef, and that's how I met you. It's such a, it's so awesome we've stayed in touch for this long. I love it. I know. It's so full circle. And I'm just, first of all, thank you for even having me. I'm honored to be a part of this. And I just love seeing your success and the fact that you're bringing me on to, chat a little is just such an honor and thank you. I'm so glad. Yay. So now obviously I give a fun introduction about you, but now share with the world, like how you became a stylist and into the world of fashion. Got it. Yeah. So, you know, I was definitely that child that kind of, you know, when kids wanted to be a doctor or a dancer, when they grew up, I knew pretty young that I wanted to quote, dress people on television. I didn't even know that the title was costume designer. Um, The story goes that me and my dad were actually sitting and watching that show Entertainment Tonight back in the day, sitting on our couch. And they were doing behind the scenes sort of clip of a wardrobe department for a show that me and my dad loved. And I was like, oh my God, people get dressed for television. I want to do that. And I was probably like 12 or 13 at the time. And you know, my parents do not come from fashion. We, you know, no one we knew lived in New York City or worked in the industry, but my parents were always really supportive of pretty much everything I did and was like, okay, let's figure out how we can make this work. And so at a young age, I really sort of pounded the pavement, I'll be honest, in the sort of Northern Virginia, Washington, D.C. area, working on back-to-school fashion shows, believe it or not, at those local malls and connecting myself that way and getting to know people on a local level there. And then eventually I did go to New York for college to FIT, the Fashion Institute. And from that, I had an internship uh, at VH1 in the wardrobe department, dressing the BJs. And then that snowballed into my first job. So yeah. So cool. So cool. What was like the first outfit? Do you remember? This might be really specific, but like the first outfit you ever dressed somebody in that like was I don't know who was who was it for and what was that moment can you talk about that you know yeah you know I don't remember I mean this for sure you know I don't remember the very first thing but I do remember a story that only recently I was reminded of when I was an intern at VH1 it was a very small department it was my boss and then there was an assistant uh, stylist and I think a wardrobe supervisor so there were three of them, and that's it. And I was the only intern, and there was all the VJs. Um, and I really owe a lot of credit to my career for the person, uh, Susan is her name, that actually brought me in as an intern. And she gave me a lot of responsibility as an intern. I'm blown away looking back how much responsibility she gave me. But to answer your question, one of the earliest memories of being able to do something on my own she was super busy. It was in the time when the, they were doing the VH1 awards. I forget the specific name of the award show. And she was dressing so many people and they were busy. And they did this one segment with Brian McKnight and one of the VJs at Armani in the store trying to pick out what they're going to wear to the award show. And she sent me by myself as an intern. And yeah, that was, I don't remember exactly what I styled them in, but I was the one like going into the store, picking out the outfits 
you know, behind the scenes. And then they pretended that they picked them out themselves. But yeah, that was probably the first thing that I really did on my own. Which so was cool. Brian McKnight. I mean, that was major back in the day. Major. I still love his music. That's like pretty awesome. Love that story. So yeah. cool. So I what? I had a crazy story with him years later at MTV when I worked there. He sang with, I think, Christina Aguilera and they were doing dress rehearsal. And I got to be in the room and there was no one else in the room except for maybe like two other people. It was crazy. Anyways. You're so cool, Darshan. You're so (laughs) VIP. I love it. I was even saying like before, you know, you came on today that like you were always so like welcoming and approachable, like with all the success you've had. Like when I started out, like I had just moved to Boston too. And that was like my first job in Boston. And you were just so nice. And I think that that shows throughout your whole career. So I do just want to say that personally. So. Oh, that means, that means a lot because, um, Early on in my career, I remember somebody actually instructing me and correcting me that I was too nice. They were like, you're never going to make it in the industry. And this is kind of at a time in the late 90s. I've been around for a while. We'll just let that out, cat out of the bag. Um, but like, it was a time when like fashion editors were kind of that cliche devil's wear Prada thing where everybody was a snob and you had to, you know, sort of have an attitude and that that was sort of the measure of success and it's definitely not in my DNA. And I remember somebody basically saying, you're too nice. You're never going to make it. And I remember very clearly in my mind, just being like, well, then this isn't the career for me, but I am going to continue to be nice. And, you know, I will say people do walk over people back in the day to get ahead in the, you know, their field and, it worked for some people. That was not what I chose to do. And I'm sure that there would have been some opportunities, maybe if I was a bit more, uh, not aggressive, because I think I am a little aggressive, but uh, in terms of fighting for my work and getting work, but, but like, I really strive to be nice. So hearing you say that means so much to me. Yeah, well, it's true. It's so, and you're laying your own footprint and look how far you've come. Where did those people go that like stepped too far? You know what I mean? (laughs) Who knows? Who knows? Not important, right? So I love that so much. (laughs) So inspiring. So let's talk now, like, obviously you work personally with people like one-on-one and then you obviously have, do TV, you do advertising, you do all these different things. Like in terms of like, working with clients, is it the same way that you would like, I guess, kind of talk about like how you work with clients? So like, do you go to the showrooms? Like for people who aren't familiar with styling in general, can you talk about that process? Yeah. I mean, the thing is with fashion styling or costume designers for anybody listening, that's like, what is that? I actually, I do have the capability of building what you would think of as a costume, but that's really not my niche of work, I really do dress real people for the most part on TV shows. I dress a lot of hosts and judges. And so it's a lot more, it's a little different than sort of the, what you would think of as a costume, but the title for somebody that quote unquote styles on TV is a costume designer. That's the technical term. But um, each job is so wildly different. Definitely it's different for dressing the red carpet, dressing somebody on television versus my personal clients. I have personal clients that you know, some of them are, you know, they do have, they are a bit of in the front of the camera at times, but I have personal clients that have nothing to do with the industry Mm -hmm. (laughs) that are just real people like you and me that just need a little extra help. 
So to answer your question, it, it really just depends. I mean, I think the biggest thing, and I would say this is the biggest thing in any business, is figuring out what answer to the question you're solving. Like, I think, you know, for me, it's finding out every every parameter, like what their size is, what the occasion is, what the scenario is, what the budget is. All of the questions have to be answered before I can move forward and actually get my wheels turning creatively and produce something. But in terms of television, um, I'll just sort of go through quickly. You know, it, there's a lot of uh, cooks in the kitchen, if you will. I do work on a lot of... <laughs> I love that phrase, too. Shows, but yeah. I mean, I work on other shows, too, that have, you know, like Project Runway that has nothing to do with cooking. But there are a lot of people that are basically dictating or I'm having to negotiate between to get to that final look. So it could be the network, it could be the production company, it could be the manager, the agent of the talent, and then there's the actual person, and then there's me. Um, And so we're all kind of coming together, trying to figure out what the goal is, and then I go out and resource everything, whether it's at showroom, whether it's buying um, at stores, whether it's pulling out on memo. And then racks and racks and racks of clothes just to get to a few options. You know, like right now, I'm actually on, I'm just starting to work on my first show since the time of COVID. It's quite a different experience, I will say. Um, But, you know, to put it into perspective, um, I need about 13 to 15 looks for the host of this show. And currently, I'm not even halfway done with prep and I have four racks of clothes just for him. Um, so, you know, it takes a lot of clothes. I mean, people always get astonished when I say how much work is involved. And I'm like, well, how many times do you go swimsuit shopping and how many swimsuits do you try on until you find that one? Think about it. You need so many options to get to that one. Look, I will say when you're working with somebody new, it takes a lot more options to get to the one outfit. Mm-hmm. But as I get to know clients, you know, if it's a show that I've worked on consistently, I do a show called Sugar Rush on um, Netflix. And one of the women on that show, her name is Candace Nelson. Um, some of you might know her because she actually founded Sprinkles Cupcake. So cool. But, um, you know, I've worked with her now for several years and it, it really has become a situation where I can come with, you know, a very minimal amount of clothes because I know her body type. I know what she likes. I know what works. You know, I don't need to come with so many options like I did that very first fitting, you Mm -hmm. know, because I've worked with her before. No, it's so true. My follow-up to that question is, is like with all the different options, especially for the first timers, when you guys are first feeling each other out, like how does that prep process actually work? Like how many times or how long does it take for them to try on all these outfits to find the right pieces on average? Yeah, I mean, you know, I would say, once again, I, I hate to repeat it, but each client is different. Right. Each scenario is different. Um, for the first time, people, like, usually the process is you have one big fitting initially, and you sort of weed out what they like, what they don't like, what fits. You know, a lot of times people have you know, they, they tell me their sizes over the phone or via email, or I just did virtual calls to, on this particular job. Um, and so I got to see them, which is great. Um, but they give me sizes and then you get there and their sizes are completely wrong. Right. And you're like, what the 
heck? You just had me, you know, I've had that happen where like somebody's shoe size is completely like two sizes off. I'm like, how can you mess that up? Right. But it happens, you know. Anyway, so, you know, you just sort of, it depends. Um, in a dream scenario, you have that one initial fitting, you go through, I bring in a tailor for almost every single fitting if it's the very first time I've ever worked with somebody because the number one thing in my mind about making somebody look great on camera or off camera in your personal life is making sure the clothes fit. Right. I mean, I am all about high-end and low-end clothing, and you can really make something that's from, you know, a less, you know, a price point that's a lot lower than a very expensive thing if it fits right. Right. But if it if if you could have the most designer clothes on your body, and if it doesn't fit right, it, it it's not going to look expensive. Mm-hmm. So I bring in tailors, we pin, and then we have to have a re- another round of fittings, you know, to start to style it out. So you sort of figure out the pieces that you like and that first fitting. And then usually the second fitting is when you come in with the altered items and you start to actually get to play a bit more and style it out. That's like probably the most fun part, right? For sure. And, and you know, it's interesting right now, um, I mentioned I'm on a show. It's my first show. It's not my first job since COVID, but it's my first show. And, you know, I, I have to be honest, you know, the prep, which is involves me usually going into stores, Shopping online is not my favorite mm-hmm. in terms of, um, especially when I'm dressing a man, because there's a lot of dark, usually color palettes. And it's so hard to see online what you're actually getting until you get it, um, the texture and all of that and the material. But, uh, you know, being in the stores right now, I'll be really honest, it's just not fun. It's, uh, it takes forever. There's very few salespeople on the sales floor. So you're just like, taking forever and it's just you know you're everybody's got a mask on you're uncomfortable right. and um I you know a few weeks ago I was just like oh my gosh my career is this is not fun I don't like this but then a few days ago I was in my wardrobe room and now I've got you know racks and racks of clothes and I'm so excited um you know there's multiple people on the show not just the host that I dress and there's one in particular that we're going for a a vibe. Um, I did a mood board and it's kind of a different, slightly different vibe than I've ever worked with. And I got to start to, you know, style out the looks and play a little. And I was like, oh, there's the joy. There's the fun of what I love to do. You know, whether it's picking, you know, from head to toe, it's like the layering and the texturing and the right accessory. And I love it. Right. No, that's probably super fun. On average too, I know this is different for every person, but like how many outfits per episode? Do they usually wear one outfit per episode? Do they usually wear more than one outfit? Do they usually change per... Do you... I mean, is that a kind of too general for the question? (laughs) Well, it's it's not too general. It's just... It definitely just determines... It depends on the actual show and the format of the show. I have some shows where, you know, the host is in the beginning montage with the guest for one thing, and there's no other judges that are regular judges on the show. But then on that same episode, which will look like it's the second day, you know, the host is there again wearing a different outfit and then all the judges are there. So like the the extra judges are only wearing one outfit in the episode where the host is wearing two. But a lot of the shows recently that I've been doing that are Netflix shows like Nailed It and um, 
uh, Sugar Rush and things like that, they're all in studio. They oh, We film them usually in one day and it's one look and that's that, you know? Right. So it really, it, it's, each show is so different. No, I, I can totally understand that, which also kind of breaks up the dynamic for you too, right? So. Yeah. The other thing that people probably don't know is that sometimes I work on a show where we'll film over the course of two or more days. I did one show for Apple, like one of the first shows when it, it takes, I'll, I'll be honest, it was with um, Gwyneth Paltrow, Jessica Alba, Gary Vaynerchuk, who I dressed. Um, but we filmed, I think we filmed for like two weeks straight and they all had to stay in the exact same outfit. So when it aired, it looked like it was one day, but it was the course of two weeks that we filmed. It was an insane amount of budget or dry cleaning. I'll just leave it at that. That's hysterical. Like, sometimes, yeah, sometimes we film over the course of several days, but it only airs as if to the audience as one day. And so you're either buying duplicate outfits that are identical or you're doing overnight dry cleaning, which here in LA, we have that option. I don't think in, you know, like rural Virginia, where I'm from, they don't have that option. Right. (laughs) That's so funny. No, really. That's thank you for that share. That's really hysterical and fun fact to know. Um, So now to kind of follow up with that topic, can you talk about too, with COVID and being a stylist, how has that affected you you know, personally with your one-on-one clients and also with the whole TV shows and all those jobs? Yeah, well, you know, I'll start with the TV show because that's what I'm on right now. You know, it's a whole new world. I actually uh, get weekly COVID tests. My temperature is checked. And, you know, although it takes two seconds and I ask, you know, it's not fun getting a COVID test, but it's not as painful as I expected because everybody was talking about how gross and painful it was. Not so bad. But the truth is, it's just stressful. I mean, I think everybody can agree, no matter what industry you're in or if you're working or not working, just even going to the grocery store these days, it's stressful. Right. Seeing everybody covered up with a mask. And so I think there's this added level of, you know, things aren't normal and, and they're not going to go back to normal. Like, you know, and the other thing is that the pace, everything is so much slower. We did a ton of online shopping in the beginning. Uh, and then I went into stores. Malls still here in Los Angeles are not open or not. Um, they're still closed. You can do pickups, but you can't go in the mall but the outdoor malls are open. So like there's one in Santa Monica and there's, you know, the Grove, which is, uh, you know, they have a Nordstrom there. So those are open, but um, yeah, everything is just so much slower. The, you know, the online purchases are very delayed. And so the the amount of time that I normally would prep something, it it feels like it's double that amount of time. Mm -hmm. And uh, that, that's stressful too, because, you know, it, it, communicating that with the, the people that have hired you before you start, I think is so important. I, I would say that's probably the case for ever, a lot of industries, but I was sort of warned prior to starting the show that I needed to account for the fact that it would just take that much longer. And I'm the fastest one out there. If you see me prepping, I am a speed demon. I'm a New York walker, you know, like <laughs> fast. But, you know, if there's 20 people in line at the checkout, 
at the store, you can't go any faster except for to just stand there and, you know, scroll your Instagram while right. you're waiting, right. <laughs> you know? So that's changed. Um, also, our fittings, which I have not started, that's going to be very different. Um, I had to require wardrobe rooms that were big enough to allow me, an assistant, the person that I'm working with, and my tailor to be able to spread out mm-hmm. um, with the social distancing. So that's different. You know, I think that took a moment for production to understand, no, you can't put me in the closet that you normally do, which, believe it or not, there's a lot of shows in the past that... You know, they just, they sort of give me the afterthought and they put me in this small dinky room and I'm like, that just doesn't work right now. Like I can't spread out and right. I definitely can't spread out with the talent there. Um, and for right now, we're probably only going to have one person assigned to actually helping the talent uh, with the fitting and all just sort of stand back and not really touch and get close. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, like all of these things are different and it's going to take a lot longer. I mean, what we did in the fitting probably is going to be double, triple the amount of time. So yeah, so that's different. Um, in terms of personal clients, it's interesting because I've always loved sort of having these sort of virtual calls with people, but now I think people finally are seeing that it can work with one-on-one personal clients. Right. Um, so I'm excited. That's what I'm moving forward with, with my personal styling, which I've not really, you know, I think we've discussed, but, you know, I've always had personal clients that are in front of the camera or not. Um, but now I'm expanding that side of my business and I'm excited about it. And um, I'm going to start to offer virtual styling for people that are not in front of the camera that, you know, people that are listening will be able to, have one-on-one FaceTime with me and be able to actually, you know, hear what I have to say, help them work through things, uh, deliver shoppable boards where they can go in and sort of look at what I've put together and they can shop themselves right there at the comfort of the computer, which is, it's a whole new world. Like five years ago, if you had told me that was an option, I would have been like, that's crazy. Right. But, um, it's great. Well, it's also so. just so convenient for everybody involved too, right? So the convenience, the safety of being at home with the world going more virtual and it's it's awesome. It yeah. gives people more opportunity also to connect and get get more efficient from home, right? I guess. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, well, thank you for sharing all that inspiration. You're so awesome, Darshan. So before we talk about like fun facts about you, um, can you share with everybody how they can follow you on social media and um, reach out for, you know, a consultation or to connect with you? Yeah. So, um, well, definitely you can follow me on Instagram and it's my full name, uh, Darshan Gress, which is a odd spelling, um, but uh, D-A-R-S-H-A-N-G-R-E-S-S which is basically my handle for every social media. But um, there is a link in that bio where you can actually uh, look for inspiration and shoppable boards. Um, I am in the process of building out styledbydarshan.com, a website, uh, where you'll be able to access me. And right now, your audience, if you go there, you'll be able to uh, sign up to get an announcement when I actually officially launch. But there's also an option where once you sign up, you'll uh, be able to take a quick little mini survey and then uh, immediately be able to sign up for a 30-minute free style consultation with me. Um, I will say I am in the middle of a show right now, so the space is, you know, 
you know, I, I'm not available 24 seven right now. So there is um, limited time, but, um, but when I'm not on shows, then I become very open and available. So yeah, I'd love to connect with any of you guys to follow me on Instagram and also sign up so that when I do launch, you'll be able to have instant access. So exciting. I'm excited for you. Congrats on that new venture. That's amazing. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. I'm excited as well to connect with people that are not in front of the camera that are, you know, I feel like I get a lot of DMs on Instagram from people in very, you know, in the middle of America, somewhere where I'm never going to be able to probably physically go and help them shop. But now with Styled by Darshan, I'll have that option where we can have FaceTime and I can help edit your closet. I can help do all these things one-on-one and we actually get to see each other. So I'm excited about that. So Yeah, that's definitely a really good added virtual perk for sure that you can work with people everywhere. That's the beautiful thing about the internet, isn't it? It's awesome. Yeah, it's crazy. It's, it's wild. I actually, you know, with that said, years ago, and I, oh, I'm not kidding, almost 20 years ago, I had, at the time I was working at MTV, and I ended up having to have foot surgery. So I went to Virginia to be with my family to have the surgery and recover. And I ended up having to stay in Virginia quite a bit of extra time. And during that time, I got a call from a record label to work uh, with an artist named Michelle Branch. I don't know if she's still singing. Yeah, I told. I remember her. She. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. And, I, and she was such good people. She. I've lost touch with touch with her, but she is such good people. But I worked with her for one little thing, and then they wanted me to style her for a concert or something. But I was in Virginia, and I was like, I don't know how I can do this. But wouldn't you know? I can't believe my dad was like, Darshan, don't turn the job down. Tell them you've got an assistant in New York. You can be on the phone. This is before phones had video, but you can be on the phone. You can sort of like be there. And basically he was saying you could do a virtual fitting and you do it virtually. And I was like, dad, it'll never work. Well, we did it. That's amazing. My assistant, I set up all the appointments, you know, and my assistant went, she would take pictures email it to me and back and forth, back and forth. And, and yeah. And during the fitting, we just talked the whole time and sent pictures back and forth via email because there was no other option at the time. But I can't believe my dad was the one that was like basically the innovator and suggesting I do it virtually. So crazy. I think about that often. That's amazing. I love too. It seems like your dad's been a really significant piece in your career growth too. Yeah, both both of my parents. I mean, talk about encouraging people. It, you know, like I am who I am because of them. So, I love that. Yeah, that's awesome. All right. Well, everybody, before we talk about fun facts and play some game time, everybody definitely needs to reach out to Darshan and subscribe on her new website. That's so exciting. I really am excited for you. So let's talk about fun facts about Darshan. So first, let's talk about this Maury Povich situation. <laughs> so tell me all about like, so he was your first job out of college. Can you talk a little bit more about how memorable that experience was for you? <laughs> yeah. So when I was in school at FIT, the studio for Maury Povich was right behind FIT. Um, and during my uh, internship, class, we, we were required to do informational interviews. And so I chose to interview the his stylist. And lo and behold, I didn't know, but she was pregnant at the time. And about a month later, she called me and was like, hey, I'm going to go on maternity leave. We, I, it fits right in the time when you're finishing college. 
can you fill in for me? So that was my first job out of college. And the crazy thing is, um, and this is way before he was who's your baby's daddy or whatever that is. I met Julia Child. Like it was much tamer and more my speed. I I probably would not be into the the Maury Povich show right now. Right. uh, Working on it. But anyways, um, he taught me how to tie a tie, which is crazy. So Um, cool. It was funny. You know, I was, I, you know, I knew how to do the basics, but he definitely showed me all the extra things. And so what I would do every day is I'd style out his outfit, I'd prep it, steam, iron it, and then I'd basically tie the tie on my neck super loose. So all she had to do is flip it over his head, that circular piece, and then tighten it up. Farshawn, that's brilliant. That is brilliant. That is very cool. Talk about multitasking and like getting the job done faster. That is very smart. Love that. Yep. That's hysterical. All right, cool. And then you've worked with Alexander, or you worked on a show with Alexander McQueen. Yeah, I, I have not worked directly, you know, making rest in peace. Um, yeah, so my career really actually, you know, I think I mentioned that one of the things I did before I even went off to college was assist stylists who did back-to-school fashion shows. Mm-hmm. So I really got my hands, you know, into that sort of world very early on. And I continued to do it when I was at FIT. I would help at, you know, New York Fashion Week and I got to know people that way. And then eventually I styled a couple of shows. Um, and I did work for Nordstrom full-time actually, uh, styling runway shows for their East Coast shows. But, um, this particular job that you're referring to was actually, I was freelance. Um, and it was with Nima Marcus and they brought in his whole collection. Uh, and I got to work with the whole team from Alexander McQueen and do a whole show. It was the collection that had that jellyfish dress. I don't know if you're familiar with No, it. I'm not, but it sounds um, interesting. Maybe I'll do a flashback <laughs> Friday with the jellyfish dress so that people can see what I was talking about. But um, yeah, it was a pretty, a pretty iconic dress that he did. Um, but yeah, that was the actual collection that I got to work with. And I will say one of the scariest moments in my career was backstage and one of the model zippers got stuck as the show was going. And, you know, like basically his team, I turned to his team and I was like, the model zipper is stuck. Like the dresser who was dressing that model couldn't get it open. And they were like, cut it open. And I literally cut this zipper off in the show. I, it was like couture pieces. I thought I was going to die. It was terrifying. Oh my so, God, that's hysterical. Yeah, we survived. You did. And it was a success story to share. So that's amazing. Love that. And then of course you, the audience would have known. Yeah, no, I don't. I mean, that's, that's why you're so good at your job, right? It's totally good. So, um, obviously you worked on BH1 and and then you've also worked on MTV and you styled Carson Daly and host of TRL. Um, oh my God, I totally remember those throwbacks when he was the host of TRL. I loved that show. So what was that experience like? Hopefully... I was just going to say, hopefully you don't remember the outfits because like whenever um, anybody that I dress does a throwback, I look at what they're wearing and I'm like, oh my God, did I do that? Dear Lord, because the styles of them were so drastically different. I mean, at the time when I was working with Carson, um, he loved wearing Carhartt and things like that and Dickies and things like It was just crazy. But um, yeah, working at MTV was a nutty nutty experience, but it definitely helped, um, I'm going to use a very archaic word, build my Rolodexes, 
I don't even think your audiences probably know what those are. I do. I do. We had, yeah, well, before we had, you know, you put your contacts in your phone and on your computer, but there was like physical Rolodex where you, you know, you had all your contacts, but I built, I had like one just for men, one for women, one for costumes, you know, like, because sometimes, you know, working at MTV was crazy. It was just so many different kinds of styling anywhere from, you know, there was, you know, the summer beach house where everybody was in a bikini to, you know, the sea, you know, during the winter, there was, I'm blanking on the name of the show, but there was like a Snowden, that's what it was, where it was like all ski wear. And then, and then there was dressing the hosts and the VJs and MTV house of style. I mean, it was just crazy time. I, I, I think it was like 10 jobs in one that all, it was me and two other stylists and I've never worked so hard in my entire life. Got you good experience though, right? I'm assuming it got you. It, but, well, that's probably why you're so fast, Darshan, because you had to be fast in those periods, yeah. I'm assuming. Yeah. I mean, it, it definitely was, it was the best experience at that age. Like I could never keep that pace up now. Although I have to say it's, it's the career that I have chosen to have is a pretty fast paced, long hours career. But yeah, that was like, no one should have... <laughs> No one should work those hours, but um, but we did it and we made it work. You did. That's awesome. So cool. Such fun shares. Okay, we're going to play a quick game time. Three quick questions before we close out. Are you ready? <laughs> <laughs> so what is... Hopefully. Yeah, don't worry. There's no pressure. This is just a fun way for all of us to get to know you more. <laughs> so what is Darshan's favorite food? Favorite food? Oh my gosh. You're asking a foodie what her favorite food is? <laughs> um, you know, I, I'm gonna offend a lot of vegetarians. I would say I I love burgers. I mean, I eat. You know, I, I do the taco food truck. I do high end, low end, but I love burgers. I love I have that a tradition. Sunday burgers. Really, that's yeah. adorable. I like the tradition. You're so funny how you were like, I don't want to offend vegetarians, girl. This is open forum here. It's totally fine. <laughs> I love that. Okay. It, being that you're a stylist, I'm really interested in this question. So if you could wear one outfit for the rest of your life, what would you choose from head to toe and why? Oh my gosh. I mean, I'm definitely a jeans and t-shirt girl. That's mm-hmm. where I feel the most comfortable and where I can be the most productive while I'm working. But at night, I definitely like to throw on heels and get more dressed up. So, oh gosh, I don't know how to answer that. I, I guess jeans <laughs> and t-shirts, to be honest, which is with a pair of heels. There you go. I like it. I like it. So then you could dress up the outfit when necessary. Exactly. Otherwise, go barefoot and you'll be fine. <laughs> it's totally fine. I love that. Okay, final question. If you could spend the day with somebody dead or alive you haven't met yet, who would it be and why? Oh my gosh. I don't even know. I mean, the options are like crazy. Well, I did get, I mean, I did get to meet somebody that influenced me heavily and I did, I spent the day with her and I probably years ago, if I hadn't already had this happen, I probably would say Betsy Johnson, the fashion designer. So cool. She ended up being randomly a guest on one on Sugar Rush. There's an episode on Sugar Rush where she came. And I spent the day with her. I helped her get dressed. And I got to basically tell her 
it was so embarrassing, but I was like, I have to tell her that she was the reason I got into fashion. I love that. She was 100%. I mean, like, honestly, that was somebody that influenced me so heavily. I wore her dresses with her baby doll dresses with Doc (laughs) Martin, you know, when I was in high school. So yeah, I kind of, I guess I kind of already got my wish about that. I mean, that's amazing. (laughs) That doesn't mean there can't be another person though. Who would be another person on your list? Yeah, another person. Oh, my. You know what? I, I, not to sound corny, and this has nothing to do with my career, because you said that are alive. I, you know, I've never, I, you know, my, both my grandmothers influenced me heavily. I would, what I would give to have a day with either one of them would be priceless. I love that. So, and for them to, and for them to see what I'm doing in my life now. I think, you know, I've made them proud, but I I definitely feel like I I am, once again, both my parents, but also my grandmas, they definitely had substantial influence on me. That's so nice. So you'd bring them back to spend a day with you in the present. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And I can't pick one or the other. It would be both. (laughs) Hey, that's all right. It's all good. I said that you haven't met yet, though. So we're going to put the pressure on Darshan for one oh. more person. Oh, my gosh. I'm so sorry. You're fine. Met yet. Hmm. I wouldn't overthink it. Literally, I like, the love- first person. Okay, you know who I haven't... What? No, I said I wouldn't overthink it. Just, like, trust your gut, whatever your first person is. You know, there's no one that's popping into my head. But I, I think one of the people that I've I've definitely not met that probably is on top list for a lot of people and is alive is Michelle Obama. Such a good I one. Mean, the influence she is. Yeah. I, I would think that, you know, 90% of the people who are asked that question would probably say that, but I mean it sincerely, like what influence in a positive way she has had is just mind boggling. But I also feel like she's so down to earth. Mm-hmm. So that would, that would definitely be the person. I love that. That's and a great I have not choice. Come anywhere close to her. <laughs> hey, one day you never, never know. You didn't think Betty. You didn't think Betsy Johnson was an option either. You never know, Darshan. I mean, who knows? Maybe she'll be a guest on. Well, not on the show I'm about to work on, but maybe in a future show. Why not? I love that. So, you never know. Great stuff. Well, you're so fantastic. Thank you so much for coming on today. This was so fun. I learned so much about oh you. My gosh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and um, tell everybody again so everybody can follow Darshan on all her social media channels at Darshan Gress and her new website. You want to share with us again the new link so they can sign up. Yep. Uh, so you can follow me on Instagram at Darshan Gress, which is my full name, D-A-R-S-H-A-N-G-R-E-S-S. And um, you can go to my website, styled by Darshan, and you can sign up uh, to get updates of when I officially will launch, but also once you sign up, you'll get an email and you'll be able to actually right then and there sign up for a 30-minute free style consultation. It could be anything from editing your closet, answering a question about, you know, how to style something you already have, or if you just have further questions you listen to today and you have further questions about my career, I'm happy to share. Yeah. No, that's awesome. I love that. Well, Darshan totally means that. You guys should definitely sign up on her website for this new exciting launch she has. Follow her on social media. Thank you again, Darshan, for being amazing as always. And thank you so much, everybody. Oh my God, of course. And thank you everybody so much for tuning in to Becoming Next On Scene and stay tuned for who's next on scene.
the ups, the downs, and all the in-between. What it takes to become next on scene. Are you next? Follow us at Next On Scene. 